Hey everyone, welcome to episode 166 of the End Focus podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me as always is Andrew Brown. Hello. And Tori Wassenaar. Hello. Uh, and again, no news or updates from the previous episode this week. We're expecting a direct at some point during September, as is the usual timing for these things. Uh, but what we do have to talk about is this week's big release, which is WarioWare Get It Together. Uh, Andrew's going to be talking about Golf Club Wasteland. Uh, and then Tori's going to be filling us in on The Gardens Between. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. Okay, golf, uh, always considered a bit of a a dry sport, but uh, not in the realm of indie developers. Uh, Andrew, you picked up uh, Golf Club Wasteland this week. How's that going? Golf Club Wasteland is a golf game where you golf through a wasteland, <laughs> just like it says on the name. You know, the, the, the name isn't the best part of the game, but uh, it's an interesting <laughs> game. It's very atmospheric. Uh, it's set on a future Earth. Uh, after you know climate change and pollution and all of humanity's garbage has just basically wrecked the earth and uh, large portions of humanity thought that they were going to escape the planet on rockets and go to mars to live there uh turns out only the ultra wealthy actually got to do that and everybody else got left behind to die and the ultra wealthy still come back to earth every now and then to golf and that's who you play as so it, it's a happy game. <laughs> Sounds very uh, realistic. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, so I, I have to compliment the game on, on its concept, which is really dark and really well realized, and uh, its atmosphere. Uh, the atmosphere is the single thing I have to compliment this game for. It's just for the concept alone, you know, you're, you're this guy in a spacesuit golfing through a wrecked earth it's just it's a great image just by itself but then they've built an entire game around it the earth that they've built is really interesting too it it reminds me a lot of wally but not as whimsical mm-hmm. <laughs> uh there's like neon advertisements on the buildings that are still like running and flickering even though there's nobody left for the advertisements to sell things to which is pretty dark <laughs> The spaceports that you pass through at a couple levels where uh, the people were all left behind and it's just instead of water hazards and sand traps for your balls to get stuck in, there's their luggage, which is just enough that you could drown in it. (laughs) I'm laughing, but it's terrible. (laughs) Uh, And there are still some wildlife around, like there's rabbits and cows that I ran across. Uh, The rabbits are actually really cool. They actually watch you playing the game in the foreground uh, while you're you're driving the ball through the background. And the the cows have glowing eyes and glowing udders, and I think they're wearing headphones. It looked like they were. Interesting. uh, uh, At one point, I ran into a pure white giraffe that was drinking water out of a satellite dish. That was a another really memorable image lots of great images in this game i I cannot compliment the game enough for that part of it and also there's the soundtrack there's radio nostalgia from mars there's a seamless soundtrack that plays all through the game that is uh, functions like a real radio station there's a host that introduces each song and also introduces these little 
spoken word segments where people talk about life on Earth when they used to live there. And these are the Martians now. These are all the ultra-rich people who left everybody else to die. So they're horrible, horrible people, and they are completely unaware of how horrible they are. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that, that adds a lot to the to the experience of playing the game as well. Then we get to playing the game. Uh, golf Club Wasteland is is not a very fun golf game, I have to say. <laughs> it's it's really simple. I, I complimented it for that. I like simple games. There's really simple controls. So you can aim in a 180 degree arc uh, behind and in front of the character because this is a completely side-scrolling game. And mm-hmm. how hard you press in on the joystick determines how hard the ball is hit. And then you just press A to, to hit the ball. Now, golf is a precision game and an accuracy game. And there's really no way to tell how the ball is going to land after you've hit it. Uh, you can see, like, the beginning of the the angle in that you hit the ball in, but you don't see the complete arch. So you have to eyeball it every single time. Uh, on where your ball is going to land, and you also have to guess how far the ball is going to roll once it does land. And once I got to the levels where I had to drive my way along very narrow platforms, you know, like crumbled buildings where I'm going along the girders that used to hold the buildings up, or in other places I'm going along balconies with the fences that have been broken off, and I'm supposed to hit the ball from one to one to one to one, it just... I was not able to hit the ball with the accuracy that I needed to get through those quickly. Now, luckily the game has a story mode where you just you just hit the ball as many times as you need to until you get to the hole and you win, and it'll even just let you skip the map outright after you've hit the ball a certain number of times. I didn't do that. I stuck with it, and I finished every hole, even though on some of them I had over 50 and over 100 strokes just to finish the hole. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and each hole also has a par that you're supposed to meet, and if you meet that par, then you earn a diary entry that gives you a little bit more of the mindset of the player character, which the more I learned about this guy, actually the less impressed I was with the game's atmosphere. Uh, That was really disappointing, because the the game suddenly decides to uh, have a plot and have have a conscience in the back half, whereas I was much more interested in this game where this was just a... A mysterious character just driving the ball through the ruins of earth and everything was communicated through implication and then suddenly there's this character who has a very specific arc and a very specific story i thought the ending was really cheesy i i wasn't impressed with that part of it and there's a, there's a challenge mode where you have to finish the game in a certain you have to make par on every course. If you don't make par, then you have to start the hole over. Then there's an Iron Man mode where you have to make par on every hole in succession, and if you fail, you have to start all over. I have zero desire to even attempt those modes just based on how much difficulty I had on story mode. <laughs> so it's a really cool idea of a game. I think they executed some things in it really well, but as a golf video game, it's pretty below average oh that's a shame Tori what about the gardens between you've been checking that out yeah it was uh, it goes on sale quite o- uh, quite often actually mm-hmm. so this time I finally picked it up yeah I've got it on um, Steam but uh, I lost my will to play it after the whole 
NFT fiasco. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Um, yeah. Well, more on the game itself then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a puzzle game that kind of plays around with the manipulation of time. Uh, it has these sort of like a diorama sort of level design. Mm-hmm. Um, holding right on the left stick technically does move the characters left to right in most cases, but what it's actually doing is moving time forward. Uh, one character at the front has a lantern, which is used to activate bridges and the end of level portal. And the character in the back can activate little wind chimes that will change things about the level to make it, uh, will change the kind of time flow. And, uh, you have to manipulate this mechanic, the combination of both characters to mess with the time flow, to solve the puzzle, to actually get through the level. Uh, it's not what I was expecting at all from a puzzle game. I've definitely played like time manipulation puzzles before. Uh, the one that always stands out in my mind is Braid. Mm-hmm. It's finicky. Um, I think I'm about past the halfway point. Uh, some of the puzzles are a bit devious because you're not in control of of the characters a lot of the time you're moving them forward through time so if they don't line up the exact way that you want to solve a puzzle to do then you're not solving the puzzle that way which is fine but it just kind of limits the way that you approach puzzles you have to kind of think i don't know maybe i just like puzzle games where there's more than one approach to finding the solution yeah the the general gist is basically finding the exact set of events and locations of items to specifically solve the puzzle in one specific way and there's not any real leeway in doing that that's just the gameplay portion i guess the whole setting and vibe and even the level design and the art direction it's all impeccable it looks really nice there's no dialogue but you get a clear sense of the vibe of what the story is about, about these two characters just revisiting memories, I suppose. Uh, I don't know if the characters are meant to be adult by the end of it, but I get the clear vibe that this is kind of reliving memories and moving past these memories. Um, and, And I think that's kind of displayed pretty well in the whole time mechanic as well. So it's thematic. Uh, There's a whole bunch of different themes that mostly like, backyard themed at the moment where it's like a a tree house they're building a tree house together but there were a couple about like board games playing board games together watching tv i'm not a huge fan of puzzle games that kind of have that narrow solution because it just if if you don't think the same way as the developers and the level designers do then it's just going to be frustrating and there are being a couple of puzzles that just even when I solved it, I didn't feel accomplished for figuring it out. I just went, well, that didn't make sense. Things didn't work the way that I expect them to. They worked there. I guess because a lot of the mechanics of the puzzles kind of use real life objects. And you expect these objects to interact with each other in a specific way. And everyone's got different experience with these objects. And if they just don't work the way that you're expecting them to... Or if you're not playing, paying close enough attention to just like a little 
couple of frames where a character can interact with an object because you're paying attention to the wrong thing. I don't know. I'm just having a sort of finicky and tedious time with it at times. You say you're about the halfway through halfway point. Yeah, I th- I think it's taught me everything that it's need to teach me, and it's just kind of amping up the difficulty now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. May- maybe I'm just the way that I approach puzzles isn't compatible with this specific game. I don't know. I'm just not having a great time with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. It's it's one of those where it feels like it should be uh, more of a narrative adventure than a, a puzzler, um, but it sounds like it's not quite delivering on that either. Well, there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of... You, you get the, the impression of what's going on by the level design and, I guess, little animation things with the characters, the way that they interact with the level. It's just finicky i wish i liked it more because it's a really pretty looking game with the the way that these little levels are just like islands that have these elements of their childhood memories on them Mm -hmm. it's an interesting and abstract approach and the gameplay mechanic is thematic to the the general uh setting and uh plot i guess it's just i don't think the execution is quite Right. And if I'm over the halfway point, I don't think this is a very long game either. No, I think I've read it was like two hours long or something. Yeah. If you're curious about it like I was, because I went in knowing that there were some people that didn't think it was the best, but I was curious enough to still try it myself. Wait until it's on sale. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't think it's worth the full price in terms of length of play. Because there's no replayability, really, unless you're going for speedrunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm glad I got it on sale, and I'm glad I got to experience it, because it does do some unique things. I guess it's just not quite up to my taste. No worries. Which is, just happens. Yeah, happens sometimes. I mean, it segues nicely onto uh, short games that might not be worth <laughs> the price. However, <laughs> I have some complex views on this one. Um, so WarioWare Get It Together. Uh, I have never played a WarioWare game before. I know they're popular. I know that they're known for being weird and uh, quirky, which is only half the story. Um, Tori, have you played many of these before? Bits pieces, just like the starts of a lot of them, but I never finished one because I didn't know you could finish them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this one you can. Yeah, so as someone that's never played the series before, I would say the first hour was just me sat there with a puzzled, almost weirded out look on my face. This game is so bizarre, and it's kind of like, uh, it's it's kind of cheeky in a way that almost makes it feel like it's not very, like, child appropriate, because <laughs> there's some just <laughs> weird, gross out stuff in this game i had no idea what i was getting myself into uh, i was delighted that i found a single player campaign in here uh, you can play it multiplayer um i'm gonna touch on what i think about the the multiplayer stuff tori is definitely more of a multiplayer person than i am so she might be able to dispel some of my concerns here yeah so the campaign um is uh, structured there is three world maps uh, and they're split into different themed levels i guess 
uh, and each level you have to beat a set amount of uh, mini games and then you get a boss battle at the end uh, so some of those were mini mini games uh, again they're all just weird you this one where you have to pluck uh, armpit hair from a statue there's one we have to splash someone's face with water by using your movement or or your character's abilities there's one where you have to turn a turtle shell onto its front um i'm leaving off some of the most distressing ones all of these mini games are like over in seconds like i think the the longest one is like 15 to 20 seconds um and the challenge here is all about how quickly you can figure out the gimmick on limited instructions it's just really fast paced like this so a, a level probably took me like five to ten minutes uh, each time you beat one of these stages you get a thousand coins and then you can then spend a hundred coins every time you f- you run out of lives just so you can uh, keep going from where you died or where you lost you can also use those coins in another area called the emporium where you can spend the rest of it we'll get into what sort of things you can buy uh, shortly i did this in one sitting and beat it in like under two hours tori have you how far are you in the campaign have you done it yet yeah i finished it one important thing i want to note before you continue if that's mm-hmm. okay yep um the whole thing of having this cast of characters as playable characters is actually new as far as i'm concerned as far as i know yep uh all the other games don't have the actual characters as playable characters in the mini games uh, all- okay yeah, I, I did miss the bit about the characters. So before each stage, you get to pick a crew. Um, so you're not always just bound to Wario. You can pick whoever you like. Um, the number increases as you go through the game. Um, and what happens is it'll pick one of these characters at random uh, before any minigame. Um, some are obviously better suited to others. The, they all have unique movement and abilities so there's uh, one character all he can do is jump there are ones that can fly and and shoot but only in one direction unless you're playing two player then you have both sides covered uh there is one that flies and drops bombs there's one that uh you have to point where they will teleport to and that's the only way they can move yeah some really interesting uh mechanics here and and it's cool how differently you have to approach some of these mini games if you if you replay them. Yeah, it's it's so weird because you don't really get to spend enough time with any of them to like appreciate them as characters or or get refined with them or anything like that. As you play through the campaign, you will unlock levels. You won't unlock all the different mini games on your first uh, go. That's something for uh, completionists, and I think some of that also relies on. Uh, who you pick i kind of just settled into picking the three or four that i really liked or found uh, easier to use just to get through the story um how experimental were you with that story i hit random every time <laughs> probably the, the right way to do it to be honest I've, I've just got a couple of the mini games left to unlock and i don't know if i can be bothered going back to that um but as you play you you unlock everything else in the game so one of the the menu items is a variety box which is extra games uh there's some single player ones there like you have to use your character's ability to keep the ball in the air uh there's the daily grind which is kind of like a self-contained platformer um where you you run through uh like a 
it's almost like a Mario level in, in some respects, less jumping. Um, and then when you get power-ups, it changes the character you're using. A lot of these games are multiplayer only, so I'm probably not going to bother with those. There's the Playerpedia, so you can play whatever mini game you want, providing you've unlocked it. Yeah, you also unlock the crew menu. Uh, here you can practice with all the characters. You can give them presents to level them up, which I, from what I can tell only increases their possible score in the Wario Cup, which we'll get into uh, in a second. Um, any way you need to correct me on that, Tori? Uh, it also just unlocks um, new colour outfits for the characters. Yep. So yeah, you can customise their looks uh, with base level colours, kind of pointless. Um, then there's the WarioWare Cup, which is a weekly challenge. Uh, so for example, this week's is Speed Skater, and you use a character called uh, Nine Volt, who rides a skateboard back and forth, and you don't control him yourself except to press the button to use his yo-yo which goes vertical uh, and you have to run through 34 high speed games uh, just to get the high score and bragging rights amongst your friends I guess and then lastly there are missions which are basically just achievements, uh, each time you complete one it will give you coins that you can then spend on uh, more stuff to give to your characters to get a lot more colours the thing is, so where I'm landing on this is, it's not really a game for me, but for a game that's not for me, I, I, I kind of like it. The longevity in this comes from wanting to replay those mini games. That that's just not something that's going to appeal to me long term. Like the humor's funny. I think the stories are stupid and and enjoyable. Uh, I I need to look up as to why there's like a whole family named after um, batteries for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, for a lot of people, the longevity is going to come from the multiplayer. But given the games are so short, and it relies on your confusion as the puzzle, um, I don't know how fun that could feel in multiplayer. Like I, I just absolutely do not want to try it. Um, have you tried any multiplayer, Tori? I can't. You don't can't. have anyone to play with. Oh, I'm in lockdown, so that's true. And there's no online um, multiplayer. For some reason. So I, I, I'm looking at the multiplayer, the variety pack at the moment. Mm-hmm. Four of them can be played with one person. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are at least two people. Um, and that's one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's over half of them need a second person to, mm-hmm. to play them. And it, this is not a great time to introduce that. No. Nah without online and i've been adding online to like mario party so it was really confusing that they just don't have online in this they just seem squeamish um it's possible it could come later but also like the game moves at such a pace i can kind of forgive it well i i don't think those variety pack games move as fast as the mini games no that's true but they're they're also Um, not the main event you know because we used to play um, the Game and Wario party games together, mm-hmm. and they're really, really good party games. Um, there was one where you use the Wii uh, gamepad as like a slingshot to kind of sling them onto these floating towers, and that had like sections that if you land on, you get certain points. But because it's floating in water, it could tip over and tip everything off. Mm-hmm. We played that one all the time. 
So I don't know if there's games like that in this, just because right now there's a pandemic. I can't play them with you people. You can't play it with anyone. Uh, well, like, like you can play the campaign with two players, and it's just like the level. Well, a couple of the characters are built around two player. Yeah, so there's the like, the rocket and guys. Yeah, those two. Um, then there's the, Cat and Nana. the the ninja twins. Yeah, um, one shoots left, one shoots right. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then equally, you can just play that single player because there's, yeah. there's there's never a need to actually use both sides. So. I think it's good that they've had they got like co-op in it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not a feature I can use, but yeah, I just I'm glad it's there. I don't feel like the game's strengths um, translate would or would translate to that very well. But you know, I, I could be wrong. So um, hopefully, you can uh, offer an insight on that once once you're out of lockdown. Because uh, yeah, it's just such a, a weird inclusion. Um, I think at the end of it as well, like I've I've spent, I paid retail for this, and it was done in two hours, and like I I enjoyed it, like it was a weird two hours, um, but yeah, I kind of feel a bit emptier uh, afterwards. It's yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird one. It's 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 definitely not a game that's for me. I think fans of the series would love it. But like for someone like me, it's just it was just two hours of, of amusement, and it's not something I would probably go back to. I um, think it's all about the grind. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been told is that it's about racking up those high scores and unlocking everything. Because I've already gone through and unlocked all the mini games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start making my way through the missions because there's some that are specific to the game mini game and character. And you can just replay them through the playopedia. Mm-hmm. And it will just put them on loop so you get continuous chances of getting those achievements. Yeah, but that... the Wario Cup, the latest challenge, was really tough. Yeah, it was very hard. I didn't bother with the ranked ranked mode on that. I was just going on for <laughs> practice and just to check out what the, the whole mode was all about. Yeah, score I'm in the just, top just... 9%. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, uh, score attack stuff just never does it for me, and like I feel like I've done maybe a handful of the the mini games a couple of times each, and you know it's not something I just want to keep replaying to get a good score on. It's just not my jam, unfortunately. Interesting experience for for a first timer. Um, I'm not sure I'd play another one. I'd want it to be a bit media. So that's that, uh, and that's it for the episode. So uh, yeah, let's take this one home. Okay, Tori, what are you playing in the coming week? Well, I wrote down here WarioWare to try and unlock everything, but I've kind of unlocked as much as I can <laughs> right now. <laughs> but uh, I just picked up Amnesia Collection on sale on the eShop, so I might give that a shot. Cool. So next week you'll be all like, who the hell am I? <laughs> Help. <laughs> Andrew, what are you playing? Uh, that gorgeous indie game from Chucklefish Eastward is out Thursday and mm-hmm. Friday Nino Kuni 2 is out so I'll be playing both of those a little bit before recording nice I'm definitely going to pick up Nino Kuni 2 I have played it and beat it on PS4 liked it not as much as the first but we'll, we'll get into that next next week I'm sure uh, also going to pick up Eastward so uh, we'll look forward to talking to, about that in the next episode <laughs> 
thanks for listening to this episode of Enfocus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Also make sure to check out our other sister shows. We got PlayState and Power of X. We just released a new episode. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. You can also follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are on our website. Thank you in advance. This episode was edited by Andrew. You can follow him at PlayCritically on Twitter and check out his long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. You can follow our host Andy at Toast and myself at STWTWO. Here's the sound of my bicycle rolling down the street. And the sound of the bustling city in the morning, a call and response of cars and birds. And the giggling of my kids in Washington Square as a group of street performers play the boombox and do tricks. (laughs) A kettle going off and the smell of Turkish coffee. And for some reason, I'm obsessed with the sound of the New York MTA.
Thank you, Mania, for sharing both your thoughts and your favorite sounds with us. That MTA recording actually got me digging into my proverbial record crate because it reminded me of this old track from my DJing days back on Earth called Tokyo 320, a minimal tech house homage to life in the commute and traveling while standing still. Wonderful stuff. Not so wonderful though is a spate of ecoplastic stockpiling occurring in sectors 7 through 12 after rumors of a pending shortage. Guys, ecoplastic items are freely dispensed at conveniently located kiosks around Tesla City, so there's simply no need to hoard any ecoplastic items. In fact, hoarding them deprives the 3D printers of the recyclable material they need to make them freely available. So your stockpiling is kind of defeating the point of renewable resources. There's a 14 sole grace period to return all parts not in use, no questions asked. Besides, however much you hold on, there's just one thing you can't stockpile. <laughs> 